Good. Thank you, Lillian. This is Irene Watson. I'm the managing editor of Reader Views. And I'm Victor Volkman from Loving Healing Press. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Authors Access, where authors get published and published authors get successful. We're speaking to you today live from Ann Arbor, Michigan, and Austin, Texas, over the InternetVoicesRadio.com network. You can hear us every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time on this station. Today's topic is Secrets of Successful Book Marketing. And our special guest who will be joining us this hour is John Kramer of bookmarket.com. You can learn more about our guest on the Authors Access website, which is authorsaccess.com. If you want to participate in today's show, you can send us an email to info at authorsaccess.com and we'll read your questions over the air. Now, before we get started this evening, I would like to remind all our listeners that Reader Views and Loving Healing Press are sponsoring a short story writing contest. Send us a true story of a transformational event in your life, and it could appear in our upcoming anthology. The good news is the deadline has been extended to February 1st, 2007. For more details and to enter the contest, go to readerviews.com and click on Literary Contest on the far right sidebar. Now tonight we'll be talking with John Kramer, who is an acknowledged expert on book publishing and marketing, besides being the owner of his own publishing company, Open Horizons in Taos, New Mexico. He has been the editor of Book Marketing Update Newsletter for over 20 years. John is the author of numerous books on publishing and marketing, including the most famous 1001 Ways to Market Your Books, also the complete direct marketing source book, also high-impact marketing on a low-impact budget, and celebrate today. He has designed a do-it-yourself publicity kit, book publishing reports on CD-ROM, and the Kramer 100 program. And now we're going to this week's special guest, John Kramer. Hello and good evening, John. Uh, good evening. Do you want me to say more right now? Uh, yep. Let's hear, your, <laughs> let's hear what you've got to say. Okay. I wanted to talk, uh, obviously, about the secrets of success in book marketing. And the first and most important secret, which should not be a secret, but to a lot of people still is, is that all of marketing ultimately comes down to one thing, and that's creating relationships. And uh, if you break that down even further, that just means simply making friends. And if you can learn how to do that, you'll be 80% of the way to being a successful marketer of whatever you want to market. Because whether you're doing publicity, publicity requires creating relationships with the media, uh, getting distribution requires creating relationships with the distributor or the wholesaler or so on, or, or even the ultimate uh, uh, retailers like bookstores or uh, gourmet stores, wherever you want to sell. You have to create relationships. Ultimately, that means also that it's a matter of creating a rep- reputation as well because you want to have the reputation among the people you have relationships with that you're somebody that they want to continue doing business with. And if you do a good job of creating good relationships, you will always uh, have an easy job of selling books. Even Internet marketing is all a matter of creating relationships. The people that do the Amazon bestseller campaigns and make them work and work successfully, they do it because they create relationships. They create relationships with the websites and email lists and the bloggers and so on that have their own relationships with their customers and so when they go to their customers and say, hey, here's a new book, they're having a special campaign on such and such a day, 
people are going to pay attention to them because they respect them and they have a relationship. I have a relationship with the 10,000, over 10,000 people that read my uh, book marketing tip of the week uh, every week if I get it out. <laughs> That's a minor point. <laughs> some days, some weeks I take, uh, take the week off. But Not very often. <laughs> but you need to create a relationship. Uh, uh, when, I, when I say it, it, it's like the Wall Street Journal won't come to you. If you want to create a relationship with the Wall Street Journal, 90% of the time, or actually probably more like 99.9% of the time, you have to go to them. Every once in a while, if you start to create a good reputation and relationships among other media, then even the Wall Street Journal will come to you. But most of the time, they won't come to you unless you've created some relationship somewhere, either with them or with somebody else. And the same is true for almost every major media. They're not going to come to you. They're not going to discover you unless you've created relationships on the Internet, uh, created a, a visible website. And the only way you get a visible website is, again, creating relationships so that you get the links that count towards uh, Google finding you and then Google rating you high enough that people can find you when they do a search for whatever your key search terms are. If you have a book on uh, uh, roses and you're not ranked in the top 30 rose websites, it's going to be hard for people to find you uh, unless they're looking for uh, taking care of roses or rose books or some other key search term where you will rate highly. For example, I don't rate highly. uh, Well, I don't know where I rate. On, on the word marketing. Uh, but my book site, if you look for book marketing, my website is number one and has been for over, I don't know, eight or nine years. Uh, it's been a long time at number one, and I hope to stay there um, because that's how people find me. And they're going to find you the same way. And the way that the reason my website got to number one, I didn't do anything. It just happened. I created good content and I created good relationships so that people were pointing to me. And if you create the best website, and mine is the best website in book marketing, uh, I'm biased, of course, but I think you need to be biased when you're marketing because if you don't believe in your book, no one else will. If you don't believe in your website, no one else will. That's another one of my points that's coming up later. (laughs) (laughs) Well, gosh, you know, I'm just going to um, interject here and you are stressing creating relationships, which I totally agree. It's um, creating a community. Basically, I call it creating a community, and being well-known in that community is so important. And for an author, as you say, it's extremely important. However, a lot of the writers are introverts. It's really hard for them to get out of that book. What creative ways can these people that are introverts or shy or just have fears of creating relationships, what words of wisdom do you have for them? Well, first of all, I'm the ultimate introvert in in many ways, you know. I don't uh, make friends necessarily that easily, and I don't don't get out a lot. I love uh, sitting in my office and creating new content and doing things like that. So, I, I mean, I come from that same direction. But I learned over time, and the thing is that once you start doing it, if you start talking about what you're writing about because you really believe in it and you're passionate about it, suddenly you're going to start getting comfortable with it, and pretty soon you're going to be knocking people over in the elevator to let them know your message. Uh, that's what happened to me anyway. Uh, the passion came first, and then the ability to talk about it was there as I continued to talk about it and got excited about it. 
and got uh, people to be responding to me. But the reality is that even if you are an introvert, 90% of your marketing can be done on the Internet and via the phone, both of which, even as an introvert, you should be able to do. Uh, in fact, I, I think that many authors nowadays should be spending something like 70 to 80% of their time marketing their books via the Internet because the Internet is the ultimate uh, equalizer, you could say. Uh, the big publishers are not any better at marketing on the Internet than, than we can be. And if you take the time to learn a little bit about creating relationships, spending some time contacting the top 30 websites for your key search terms and creating relationships with them, offering them to do interviews, offering to do uh, teleseminars with them or podcasts, offering them some great content, some good articles or things like that, offering them some free copies for their, to give away to their people that come to visit their website. There's lots of different ways you can create relationships that don't involve putting yourself out that far. It's simply a matter of taking the time to write some letters and emails and giving people a chance to find out about you. And, and I guarantee you that if you find somebody that's uh, interested in your book, you're not going to be an introvert. Uh, they'll pull it out of you. They'll suck it right out of you. When uh, I wrote my first, uh, my only book, I don't, and uh, the publicist that I had had me reverse, oh, um, rehearse over and over again the 30-second elevator talk. She had it so ingrained in me so that if somebody just said anything about my book, I just knew exactly what to say. And that was such an important thing because she had it condensed into one 30-second blurb to start that conversation. It's good to have some sort of uh, selling proposition or uh, one or two sentences that you can say when somebody says, what's your book about? Mm -hmm. and, and it has to be something that has what I consider two elements. One is it has to have some sort of content or information, and the other thing it needs is some sort of passion or energy so that it motivates people, so that people hear what it's about, and at the same time there's that excitement or that, wow, this sounds interesting. And one of the best ways to create that kind of uh, one or two minute, you know, 30 second little blurb is to tie your book into a book or movie or current event or something that's already well known. You know, the Da Vinci Code came out and sold 8 million copies and now every book that's coming out is the next Da Vinci Code. Well, there's a reason why people use that kind of strategy. It's because it works. If you can relate your book to something that people already know, you're halfway home. And it doesn't have to necessarily be a book. It could be a movie, a TV show, a toy, uh, something, a, a magazine article that just hit time or, or people or something like that. It could be a, an event that just happened, like, you know, uh, uh, somebody breaking up and uh, your book is all about breaking up. And I mean, gosh, I mean, I'd have news stories about my... If I had a book about breaking up, I'd have news stories every week because there's always some celebrity breaking up. And you can tie into it. And I would if I had a book like that. I don't. But I do have a book about book marketing, and, and actually I should probably tie into every time a celebrity has a book they're marketing. For example, I just saw last night on... Uh, oh, I forget what TV show it was. <laughs> it's the one after Jay Leno. Uh uh, LL Cool J, cool J was uh, promoting the book, and he was on on the TV show. And uh, I could have probably put out an internet press release saying, "Hey, here's what he did wrong in the interview. Here's what he did right." 
Yeah, that's interesting, John. Were you able to glean anything out of the uh, whole OJ episode uh, that happened last month where they started to publish a book and then changed their mind? Oh, well, I think it was just a big mistake on their part to do it in the first place. Uh, I don't know if there's any lesson you can learn from it other than to, you know, publish good books. <laughs> yeah, I you totally... Know, it, it, yeah. If the book had been really good, they would have continued to publish it. Exactly. The, the, the reality is that uh, they couldn't stand up, you know, they couldn't uh, stand behind the book, so they backed down. Yeah. They thought they could pull a fast one. And the reality is, you know, this is something I think that's real important, is that you really do have to live your life with integrity because people catch fakes. Fakes don't last for very long. Sometimes you can, you know, I mean, I know I see things on the Internet every once in a while, somebody, you know, big flash in the pan. But pretty soon people discover that, hey, this isn't really, there's no substance here. And uh, they go visit another website or they go uh, find the real thing. And and the reality is that uh, if you don't create good content, you're not going to have an easy time marketing the book. You can fool a few people, but eventually people are going to catch on that you don't really have a good message. If you don't believe your message down to your toes, you need to work on it to the point where you believe in your book down to your toes. If you don't now, you got to practice until you do. you really got to look at your book and say, what is it about this book that I can be passionate about down to my toes? The reason I use that is that uh, there's an old uh, Tibetan proverb that great men breathe from their toes. Oh, that's cute. And, I like uh, that. <laughs> and I really believe it. I, I think that that's where you really can get the passion. That's where people really start to pick up on what you are saying is when you believe it down to your toes because then your entire body, your entire being is involved in the conveying of the message. And it's when you touch from that level and talk to somebody else that you move them on the same level. If you talk to somebody from your head only, the only thing you can do is connect to them on their head. And that's not enough for most people. you got to talk to them from your heart, your gut, and I believe all the way down to your toes. Well, that's a great philosophy. I really love that. Um, a lot of the things you've been talking about are kind of time-intensive, and, you know, it takes time to compose a thoughtful email, and we all know when someone's just dashed something out without thinking, right? I'm thinking, you know, if you think of the, the total marketing budget, what percentage should I allocate to different types of marketing activities, from a, just from a monetary point of view? Well, personally, I don't like to spend money on marketing. <laughs> okay. So I'm a bad person to ask on that. I'd rather spend my time. Uh, and personally, I think that most book publisher, uh, book authors would be well served to do the same. I've heard so many horror stories of people spending $30,000, $50,000 hiring some publicist or somebody to do their Amazon bestseller campaign uh-huh. and not getting any results because they, did, they just turned it over to them and they didn't follow through. Yeah, and even if, you, even if you hire somebody, and I don't think it's wrong to hire a publicist because the reason you hire a publicist is that they've got relationships already built, so you're buying their relationships. But you still got to sit on top of them. You know? mm-hmm. uh, if you're going to hire somebody to do a job and you're not uh, getting a, a weekly report from them on what's happening, uh, they're not doing their job and you're not doing your job. Exactly. Uh, I mean, I, I know people that go have gone three months paying, you know, $10,000 a month to a publicist and never got one report from the publicist. And only after the three months, you know, the only thing they got from the publicist was, well, it takes time, it takes time. But they never got information on what 
what they, who they were contacting, how many times they contacted them, what kind of response were they getting. And that's information you need from your publishers because if the response isn't there, you've got to change your message. And if you don't ask the publishers, you'll never know what the response is. Anyhow, that's one of my soap, uh, soap uh, campaigns, well, soapbox campaigns. All right, I I totally I'm totally with you there. I am too. How, how about but uh, but you know I do I I think that right now in today's world that many authors would be well served to spend probably at least fifty to seventy percent of their time on the internet making relationships with the top internet websites on their subject, the top internet blogs on their subject, the yeah. top internet email newsletters on their subject. And create content for those those emails, newsletters, blogs, and websites that they can put on there that link back to your website. Because I think that it's really possible to launch a book simply on the internet without any other outside publicity. I've seen it done. I know it can be done more than once. Uh, and it's all a matter of creating relationships and creating, you know, and establishing those. And the neat thing about creating a relationship is that a good relationship lasts a long, long time. I have relationships in this business that I've had for over 20 years, and they're still the best of friends to me. Oh, that's and there really are people that, that, that I've never met, but they're still best of friends to me. You know, it certainly gives a different perspective on the adage of uh, it's not what you know, it's who you know. Yes, but, you know, it, it's... It's who you know in terms of actually creating relationships. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it, it's one thing to to know somebody, you know, know of somebody or something like that, but to actually have a relationship with them is a second thing. And the reality is it's possible for anybody to create a relationship with anybody. It's just a matter of how important is it to you to do that. Well, and you're uh, stressing that using the Internet, and it's certainly one of the most easiest ways to create a relationship, is working as you say, anything from 50 to 80% of the time creating relationships on the Internet. Now, what about the other percentage of the time? What do you suggest that the authors do? There, there are two other things that I think are probably most important for promoting a book. One would be uh, publicity and getting media attention in the right media. And the second thing is getting out there and doing some speaking or reading or bookstore appearances or whatever might be appropriate. Now, depending on the book, the, if you have any kind of how-to self-help book, you have to get out there and speak because that's how you build word of mouth. And 80% of all books are sold by word of mouth or word of mouth. Yeah, that means that somebody <laughs> recommends your book. That means somebody else says, hey, this is a good book and you ought to read it. And you have to create a word of mouth army. And that starts by either getting good relationships on the web, good publicity, or speaking. Okay, John, in, in your model, um, how do I know when I have enough momentum that I should, you know, actually go to press? It, what's the dividing line between pre-publication publicity and post-publication, and, and what kind of activities go on in each phase? Well, ideally, uh, for me, I like to focus most of my attention on uh, getting publicity just as I'm launching the book. But that means that I have to start about six months ahead of time. Okay. Especially with the uh, magazines that have a six-month lead time. Radio and TV have a, like a two-month lead time. But if I were going to uh, publish a book, I would probably start contacting uh, some of the bigger uh, shows like Today or Oprah or something like that at least four to six months ahead of time. 
starting to establish a relationship because I know it's going to take a while. It may take me five or six messages to them before they hear me. <coughs> the mistake that most authors make is that they, they send out a whole bunch of press releases or they make a few phone calls and they say, nobody's paying attention to me. Oh, woe is me. You know, I did all this work and nothing happened. Well, you, you haven't done anything yet. I'm sorry, sending out one news release is not a campaign. Uh, making a few phone calls is not a campaign. A campaign is when you are making 18 phone calls to the same person or something like that. And it doesn't have to be 18, but it, it needs to be enough that people... You have to create a relationship, and the only way you create a relationship is to make more than one contact with the people. It's wonderful when you can make one contact or send out a news release and somebody gets so excited they call you and, and gosh, a relationship is formed. But the reality is that most relationships take work. They take the time that you have to make follow-up phone calls and follow-up emails and things like that until you can establish a relationship. And you never know what's going to hit somebody. Like if I was going to approach Oprah, I might approach her with one show idea, and if that didn't uh, get a response, I'd come up with another show idea, and I'd submit that one to her. And I'd look for friends uh, to submit show ideas to her that are related to my book. And I might uh, form a partnership with two or three other authors saying, hey, here's a good show idea. All three of us can speak on it. And uh, then have one of, one of us contacting her, and then uh, two weeks later another of us contacting her, and then another two weeks another of us contacting her uh, show and, and saying, here's a good show idea, and here's two other great people that would be perfect for the show. You could make an incredible show using all three of us. The sad thing is that most authors go off trying to do promotion just by themselves when they could be creating partnerships with other authors to, to promote their book and do an incredible job. Why, why be alone in this job? I mean, it's bad enough that we as writers have to, you know, I mean, writing is, is, is a lonely job on its own, you know. You can't, it's, I know there are people that write books together, but a lot of books are written, you know, by one person sitting there for hours and hours writing a book. Well, when it becomes time to market, start to form some relationships and partnerships so that you don't have to do it all by yourself. You know, that's such a good point. And uh, as I'm listening to you and I'm thinking, you know, support groups, focus groups, get friends together, get other authors together, other writers, and go as, as a group. Uh, that makes so much sense. It, 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 to me, it makes you know, perfect sense, especially, you know, if you don't get a good re a response uh, going along, you know. Maybe a bookstore says, look, we don't want you. But if three authors go together and say, hey, we can put on an incredible show, a great cooking de demonstration, or uh, do something about how to write novels, and there's three of us, now the bookstore is going to pay attention. You know, now now they've got an event. Exactly. That's such a good point. You um, earlier had talked about having a visible website. Yes. What do you feel is important in the website? The website itself, it depends on how you create the real website. It would be perfectly legitimate to have a one-page sales letter. You know, that, that's one kind of website you could have. And all it does is sell the book. And there are a lot of websites like that. Now, they tend to sell higher-priced software and programs and things like that. But you could use a one-page sales letter to sell the book. Now, personally, I like that's one option, and that's certainly one that you might use. Another option is to create enough content so that people can... I would have something about the book, a good biography, any press releases I've sent out would be there. I'd have a photo of myself that the media could download or websites could download. I'd have a photo of the book. I'd have 
if I had a novel, I'd probably do a book trailer. And that's sort of like a, a movie trailer, you know. It's a nice little 30-second uh, to, uh, you know, five-minute uh, mini-movie that promotes your book. Yeah, John, talk some... a little bit more about that. I've heard people talking about book trailers. Does it take a lot of expertise in Flash, or how, how would they get started on that? Well, you know, I know some people that all they did is they wrote the storyboard board, and then they went to elance.com and hired somebody to do all the Flash work. It cost oh. them like $500 or $1,000. There are, you know, you don't need to learn everything. You can go to elance.com or, or there's a number of other websites like that where you can go and ask, you know, people to bid on the job. Wow. And uh, let them do the work. Uh, but, you know, Flash isn't that hard to learn if you want to learn it, you know, if you think you're going to create more than one, you know, or something like that. Uh, I mean, I know people are spending, you know, 10000 or $30,000 creating book trailers. I've seen them. And some of them are horrible. <laughs> They're boring. Well, I just kind of shudder because knowing how much money you make on a book, you have to sell a lot of books to pay just for the trailer. Right. You know, so I've seen some trailers from New York publishers that were really boring. I mean, I, I clicked off of them, and I, I don't do that. You know, you got to be pretty boring for me to leave a movie or, you know, <laughs> or click off of a website or something like that. Yeah, I'm guessing they're, they're counting on direct sales where... You know, they'll flash the website at the end, and you expect you to go there rather than Amazon, you know, so they get them in return. No, I mean, the New York publishers, they're, they're sending people to the bookstores and stuff oh, okay. like that. I mean, and, but they're spending a lot of money because they, they think it's a new hot thing, but they haven't learned how to do a trailer yet. And, you know, all you have to do is watch some good book trailers and watch some good movie trailers, and you know that you've got to just give people a little taste and then get out of the way. Yeah. You had mentioned earlier, too, in the conversation about blogs. Talk about blogging and the importance of it. I don't know if it's important for authors to blog. Uh, I think it depends on if they're trying to develop an audience. I think if you're going to blog, start blogging uh, three to four to six months before your book comes out to start to build an audience for it. Uh, But I think the most important thing in blogging is creating relationships with people with bloggers who already have a good audience because their audience, if they're coming to them, are listening to them. Uh-huh. So what you're saying, rather than creating your own blog, join somebody else and start talking and sharing ideas and get people to know who you are on other people's blogs. Yeah. And the thing is that you can comment on almost any blog. So you can go to a popular blog like Seth Golden's blog and comment on his blogging, and your name will be there on his blog because you're commenting on it. And uh, there are a lot of blogs that allow for that. In fact, one of the perfect things about blogs is that they make good use of the Internet in terms of creating a network, creating interrelationships. I mean, that's all that the Internet is, is a a bundle of relationships and interconnections. And your job as, as somebody who's marketing something is create relationships with people who already have an audience. That's what you do with the media. You do the same thing on the Internet. If I were going to blog nowadays, I would probably join a blogging network. Uh, you know, rather than trying to create my own blog, I have my own blog now, so, you know, it's too late for me in a sense. But I might go to something like blogcritics.org and see if I can join as a blogger. Or if I had the right kind of uh, content, I would go to, uh, oh, I'm going blank on the, the woman's name that has that great blog. 
Uh, she's a political person out of California. I'm not making any connections with you on this. Isn't she uh, conservative or liberal? She's liberal. She used to be conservative. Uh, <laughs> well, it, it'll come to you. <laughs> but but she has what she's created is a blog that every that, that has something like 50 or 100 other people contributing to the blog, including Deepak Chopra and some other people. Her first name starts with an A, and her second name starts with an H. <laughs> Ariana Huffington. That's it, Ariel Huffington. <laughs> she has an, the Huffington blog is an incredible blog. It has, an, I don't know how many people visit it every day, but it's a huge content. And what she has essentially is something like a hundred or, I don't know exactly how many people contributing to the blog. They only have to contribute an entry once a week or once a month. But the thing is that they get immediate uh, exposure to everybody visiting that website, that blog. So I would join a blog like that. In fact, I'm thinking of starting up a blog for authors, uh, uh, a community blog, and, and building it up to be something like that. And I'm going to be meeting with uh, a few people to join a partnership to maybe create that, uh, a place where authors can blog and, and have incredible visibility, and not only that, but get paid for it because we would have advertising on the site. So that's great. One of my, uh, so I'm hoping to launch that in February or March if everything falls into place because I think that that would be the perfect way to blog rather than have your own individual blog. There's a neat little uh, a community called Duct Tape Marketing where something like 10 or 15 business bloggers uh, contribute to, and it's, and, and it's like a partnership, so they all point to each other, and it's called the Duct Tape Marketing Blog, something like that. And uh, I think that's a nice partnership, and that's the kind of model I would be looking for. So as a novelist, if I were going to market, I would probably want to, uh, if I were going to blog as a novelist, I would want to blog with at least 20 or 30 other novelists. For example, if I were uh, a romance writer, I would want to, one of the first things I would do is get the Romance Writers of America to create a community blog. I don't know if they have one now. They do? Is it any good? Somebody said they had one? No, I didn't. Um, I, I don't know. Okay. I didn't hear, but it could be. Uh, it's very possible. So the other thing you had mentioned earlier was email connections. So are you talking about email campaigns, or are you just no. talking? creating connections with email newsletters. Newsletters. People already have an audience, mm-hmm. like my book marketing tip of the week. You know, if you write an interesting story that other authors could maybe learn a lesson uh, on marketing, I'll put it in the newsletter. I've done it before. And I'm happy to share that kind of information. I love that kind of content because it, it helps. It gives me content so I don't have to create something. <laughs> We're all lazy, you know. Uh, you know, the same thing with websites. Websites are hungry for good content. You know, a good website uh, that, that has good content like iVillage.com, they, the more content they have, the more visitors they get and the more valuable the website becomes. So all you have to do is offer them good content and they're going to say yes if they're smart. And I guarantee you that if you create relationships with the top 30 websites for your key search terms, pretty soon your website will be one of those top 30. It can't not happen because if you have links from the top 30 websites to your website, which is what you're going to get if you offer them content because that content, as part of the deal, they have to provide a link back to your website. If you have links from the top 30 websites for your search term, pretty soon your website's going to be in the top 30. You know, that's such an important thing. I often wondered how you get to the top, and what you brought up makes so much sense. It's by well, linking to others, and especially the top 30, like you say. Otherwise, you certainly do get lost in 
in the yeah. shuffle for of example, the my, millions of others. Yeah. My, for example, my website, bookmarket.com, has a good uh, page rank. It's six. You know, that's a decent page rank. Mm-hmm. If, if I create a new page on my website now for a key search term, pretty soon that page for that search term is number one or number two for that search term. Mm-hmm. I've done it over and over again. In my book, I, I forget how many uh, key search terms I had where I was number one or number two, but there were a lot of them. I listed them in my new edition of 1001 Ways. I listed about 30 different key search terms where my website was number one or number two. You and that's your... all because I created a website that was, was top-notch good content so that when I add a new page for another key search term, I can, it'll get up there very quickly. Google will notice it. And that's important. You had mentioned your book, 1001 Ways to Market Your Books. It's basically a, a marketing Bible, isn't it? it you have everything in it's there. It's heavy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, no, I don't have everything in there. The amount of content that I know that I could get fit into the 700 pages, I could, I could write, easily write a 2,000-page book. So is there another one coming after it, the... Um, 2001 <laughs> marketing ideas? What I want to do is create a uh, website where the entire book is up on the website and all the new content, all very interrelated links so that it, you don't have to read the book from page 1 to page 700. You can search for certain content and you'll find that and then links to other content so that you can find not only the advice that I give you, but also the key contacts that go with that advice. Well, I'm looking forward to that. Gosh, Jim. Uh, that's, that's a project that's going to take some time, and, mm-hmm. uh, and I, I haven't gotten to it yet, but I, I would love to create a website like that. And it would be a subscription website then. You would you'd pay something like $100 a year to belong to it or whatever. Uh, but it would be well worth it because the amount of material that I have in my head and in my own uh, private databases is so valuable that uh, if anybody else had it uh, to market their book, they would be rich. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. And what is, uh, just tell our audience what your website address is. My my current website is bookmarket.com. Bookmarket.com. Very simple. Gosh, John, you know, we're running out of time. We could go on and on because you're just so full of information and good ideas. And um, I would just... Could we guitar on and on, but unfortunately, we have to close this interview to the end, to an end now. And do you have any specific points that you would like to share with the audience that's something that's really important and something to really keep in mind? Well, one thing I'd like to recommend is that they really seriously think about selling rights, get to learn what to do in terms of how to sell a right. And that means essentially that you're selling the uh the right to reproduce your book in, in other formats. Most of the big New York publishers do not make money publishing books. They make money selling rights. In fact, they publish the book to simply establish the value of the rights. They don't know this, you know. I don't think they understand what business they're in. I think they think they're actually publishing books. <laughs> but if they really understood that their job was selling rights, they would publish differently. And, and they would uh, be far more aggressive in, in pursuing those rights, and they're not. I, I, I can see that. Uh, but I think the smaller publishers should be. I think they should be aware that you can create content. Don't be stuck on selling just the book. Sell reports off of it. You, you don't have to necessarily sell the rights. You can create the content and sell it yourself. You can create your own audio tape or MP3 of your book 
or some portion of the book and sell that. You can you can uh, sell reports based off of your book. You can uh, create uh, uh, a, a video of, uh, from your book and, and sell that. I mean, there's so many opportunities to either create your own content in different formats that people will buy or sell the right to somebody else who already has that market and knows how to market to it. But most authors get so stuck in thinking that what I'm selling is a book. What you're selling is a piece of information, inspiration, uh, entertainment, instruction. And it doesn't matter what format it's in. People will buy it in the format that's most accessible to what they can use. Perfect. That's why audio tapes sell, you know, or, or, or CDs. You know, that's why uh, people will pay more money for a newsletter or people will pay to come to a seminar. You know, I have a seminar coming up. I'm charging $600 for it. Almost everything I'm going to cover in this seminar is in my book. But people will come to the seminar and pay that money because they'll get my personal attention. They'll learn how to apply what I'm thinking about, my most current thinking, and so on and so forth. So the content, you know, the, the format of the structure is different, but the content is very similar. But it's well, well worth the $600 in that, in that format. Yeah, I agree with you completely on that, John. I'm always uh, telling my authors that they should think about, you know, audio books and, and other ways of presenting the same information, and, and one author in particular has gone and created an interactive website which offers, you know, a subset of the solutions in his book, so it all works together. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm and, totally and, with you. I mean, you can also create subscription websites where people come in and, and they pay a certain amount to just access the deeper richness that you have to offer on your website. <clears throat> there are so many possibilities nowadays that it's, you know, I mean, one no, okay, Sometimes I get overwhelmed. <laughs> but let me give one other piece of information. I think that for a new author, somebody who's completely new, especially fiction, the best thing they could do with their book is give it away. Put it out there on the Internet and give, offer it to other websites and say, here's the book, give it away to anybody you want to give it away to. Why? Here's two reasons why. One is the toughest thing that a new author has, whether it's a novel or nonfiction, is is getting people to sample the book. <coughs> Excuse me. I had to get some water. Sorry. The toughest job you have is getting people to read the book to sample it. <coughs> Sorry. Yeah, I agree with you there. We're all thinking, you know, if we can just get them to open that PDF, which is the chapter of the book, then right. we'll have them in our grasp. But how do you get to that point? That's... That's the real uh, marketing breakthrough. And okay. the reality is that if you offer me a free sample chapter of your book and you offer me your free your entire book free, I will open the free book. I will not open the free chapter. Hmm. <clears throat> but the reality is I will not read the entire book. True. I just like to have the feeling that I could if I wanted to. If I get caught by the first chapter or two, I'm going to go out and buy the book. And most of us will because we're not going to read an entire novel on the computer. There are a few of us who will because we don't have as much money as we have sense or whatever. But most of us are going to go out and buy the book. But the neat thing is that if I like the book, I can also pass it along to everybody I want to because I got the PDF to send to them and say, hey, take a look at this book. You can buy it at Amazon. You can buy it at this website. So you start to create the word of mouth. And, and my experience is that most novelists have more than one novel in them. I, I know that Harper Lee and uh, Margaret Mitchell didn't, but most people do. And the thing is that if you build the audience, giving away the book, your first novel free, if you build the audience, you're going to be able to sell the rights to the next novel to a big publisher. 
for some nice money. So don't be shy about giving it away. You can always time limit it. You can say this book is free to give away and pass along until September 1st, 19, you know, 2000, whatever. And then after that, people don't have the right to do it anymore. So, you know, if you're worried or, you know, I find that so many authors are afraid that people are going to steal their content. That's the last thing people are going to do. People, if they like something, are going to buy it. You know, first novelists, they're afraid to send the manuscript off to a publisher because they think the publisher will steal the manuscript. Well, that's not the case because the publisher knows they can buy you cheaper. <laughs> I'm sorry, but it's true. They know that for a very small amount of money, they can buy the rights to publish your book. Why would they steal it? doesn't make sense. Anyway, yeah, I know we're short in time. So. All right. Thank you so much, John. Uh, you've been listening to another edition of Authors Access where authors get published and public authors get successful. You can hear us every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time on the InternetVoicesRadio.com network. We'll be back on the air Thursday, January 11th, when our topic is putting together a book marketing plan, and our special guest will be Betty Doust of BookMarket.com. You can learn more Wait about Wait a minute. Our... She's not from BookMarket.com. I'm sorry. <laughs> I blew that. Uh, Blueprint Publishing. I'm sorry. <laughs> Another plug for you, John. <laughs> Thank you very much. To hear a podcast of today's show or to listen to podcasts of previous shows, please visit AuthorsAccess.com. Authors Access is a joint production of Reader Views and Loving Healing Press. And for Reader Views, this is Irene Watson of Austin, Texas, signing off. For Loving Healing Press, this is Victor Volkman in Ann Arbor, Michigan, wishing you all a good evening. Thank you for listening to Passionate Internet Voices Talk Radio. You have just heard Irene Watson and Victor Volkman from Author Access and their guest, John Kramer, who's written a book about promoting and marketing your book. I bought it. It is excellent. If you want to hear 